And welcome to the post-game wrap show. Bulldogs win the regional championship here in the Startle Regional. Sweeping through, and now we'll go to the Super Regionals. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. We're here in Starkville in the Bank First studios, and we'll talk further about Bank First in just a moment. But, Charlie, initial reactions to this one. We're the visiting team today. We're able to jump out, take an early one to nothing lead. And, hey, it wasn't the start we were looking for, but, man, how good was Houston Harding and Landon Sims in relief? Boy, Houston Harding was just outstanding. That's the story of the game to me because with Landon Sims, once you gave the ball to him, you kind of felt like we're going all in. You know what Landon Sims is. Houston Harding had to bounce back after that SEC tournament outing. Boy, did he bounce back. He was great. And here's the thing about it, Charlie. He went five innings. Jackson Fristo draws the start. Gives up three runs. He walked the pair, gives up the big three-run home run. And that's the thing we've stayed away from this weekend. It's so interesting when you look at when we play Sanford the first game, VCU the second game, Campbell today. It was almost like every single team we faced had the same hitting approach. And giving up home runs is not a big thing but it's walking guys or putting guys on base before those home runs. And that first inning home run was really the first time this weekend we've had something like that happen. Five home runs that we had given up, I think four of those have been solo shots and one had been a two-run homer. And so the first time you see that big number come up there. Look, I'll say this because I said it before the game. I had no problem with the decision to start Fristo. And so people can say, well, he had some tough outings. Why do you want to start him? Well, number one, he's shown you he can be good. And I thought as much as anything, the decision to start somebody other than Houston Harding, I think they expected to throw Harding a lot today. I think they didn't want to start him. That goes back to the point of what we talked about last time out. It's kind of that Ross Mitchell in 2013 or Chad Gerardo, same situation. I mean, we used to try Trevor Fitz out there in the College World Series and said, hey, first time you give up a a base runner, I don't care if it's one out in the first inning, we're going to go to the bullpen. Some guys just feel different. Warming up in the bullpen, the game's already started, and that's what somebody I heard overheard somebody say during the game today. Hey, we should have started the guy. Well, you don't know; it may have been completely different. We tried to start him a few weeks ago, and he really had a tough time. It's just a different mindset when you start the game versus coming in in relief. Like we talked about, Charlie, you hoped you would get something out of Fristo. The moment a little bit too big for him right now. That's okay. Hey, he's going to be a great pitcher. But the two walks early were big. Then Packard hits that fly ball out of the yard to right field. Today was a hitter's ballpark, and we talked about this ballpark this time of year turns into a hitter's ballpark. And so we go to Houston Harding real real quickly, 10 strikeouts. Very reminiscent of what Christian McLeod did a couple of nights ago. You load the bases, nobody out, then you get three strikeouts. That was huge for Houston Harding. And to kind of underscore the point about how Mississippi State intended to use him, he was up and throwing after the first hitter of the ball game. We did not waste any time getting him up and ready. The same thing with Chad Gerardo. That's the same exact thing in 2013 with Chad Gerardo and Ross Mitchell. When those guys, when the game started, they had a ball in their hand in the bullpen. And it goes back to that same you know, situation of that guy just feels more comfortable warming up in the bullpen and coming straight out of the outfield. And I still think today was an important step in the development of Fristo. 
he's going to be a big time guy, but you got to go back and look at the circumstances that everybody went through last year. High schools didn't play as much. Now all of a sudden you're asking him to throw more innings than he's thrown in bigger scenarios than he's thrown them. He'll learn from this today. And so it doesn't end up costing you a ball game. You advance. He has that experience of going out there. Houston Harding now, he knows. I mean, look, it's the Tampa Bay Rays, right? We just need an opener. It, it goes back to exactly what you said. You just need an opener. And, boy, you go back and you look at this game, and I, I want to say something we talked about after game one and, again, about game two, the ability to save Landon Sims and not to spend that bullet in the first two games is as much a story of today's outcome as it was of those games. And Preston Johnson able to get that final out of the sixth inning because Landon Sims was hot. He was ready in the sixth. You feel okay. He's He's been able to go nine outs. That, that's fine. But once you start extending someone to four, then to five innings, then the uncertainty crops up. But able to get the strikeout or get that final out of the sixth inning was big. To leave it to that nine-inning save for Landon Sims, I thought that was really good for Preston Johnson, even though he gives up that double right out of the box. Charlie, when I look back at regionals, and we talked about that 97 regional last week on a regular show, and you start thinking about you know Hank Times out of the bullpen and being so solid in that first win against Washington to get us to the championship game. Then you start thinking about 2011 and Luis Poliorena and guys who in the 13 as well with Poliorena in some middle innings and Chad Gerardo and Reineke in 98 out at Texas A&M. Right. You thought you start thinking about guys out of the bullpen. Where do you rank? You've got to throw what Houston Harding did today in that mix of great regional performances. Oh, absolutely. I think Reineke out at Texas A&M in that decisive game where he had to, what did he throw, like six innings in that ball game? Yep. And really went long for you. I think that one I rank ahead only because it's on the road, tough environment, big name. And here, you if you lose, you got, you got another game here today. But look, I don't want to take anything away from Harding because I thought he was really good. I thought the thing about it, too, he gets in trouble. He's got the bases loaded, and he comes back, strikeout, 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 just gets you out of it. That was a big scenario in the ballgame. And then with Landon Sims in the final three innings, he comes in in the seventh inning. He gives up a two-out single to Spencer Packard. He strikes out one in the inning, gets a line out from Wolf, the five-hole hitter, to get out of the seventh, strikes out a pair in the eighth. Then you go to the ninth. You get the leadoff pinch hit double by Lawson Harrell and the top of the order due up for Campbell. Okay, so your leadoff guy strikes out. Then you get a ground ball to the second baseman. That moves the runner to third. So all of a sudden now you've got the tying run at third and the go-ahead run, the winning run at the plate. They're the home team, so they score there. Neto is a 4-10 hitter. I mean, if, if you're Campbell, you got the guy to the plate that you wanted today. And if Neto runs one out of the yard right there and Campbell wins, and then all of a sudden think about some bullets expounded out in this first game today, okay, then what do you do in game two? That's why Harding, even though you had another game to play, and then Landon Sims able to finish out that three innings, that's why it was massive to win game one. Now, you probably had better pitching situation than what Campbell had. They got a great outing today in relief. 
but the what ifs could drive you crazy. But it was so big to get that that, that outing. And, and Charlie, I, I tweeted it out. I got a couple texts from guys saying, hey, you're just twisting the knife right here. But I tell you this, we asked the question all season long, and you probably could have had a couple more situations where you had used Landon Sims. But Landon Sims today looked like a fresh arm. Will Bednar, even though he had some trouble early on, looked like a fresh arm. And the way that Scott Foxhall and Chris Lamonis, with the way they've handled this pitching staff, it was to get to this point of the year. And getting a nine-out save from a closer today, you got nine outs because you needed all nine outs. All right, so you raise an interesting question. Let's say that you lose the ball game. Let's say that Neto runs one out of the yard and we're getting ready to play again. What are you doing in this game? Parker, Stinnett, Cam Tuller, but you know, look, you're out. Sims isn't coming back. He's done for the day. So is Preston Johnson probably. And so, and the thing that always worries you about that is you can always say, look, we've got a better pitching situation than they do. But I always think back about guys like, I think of Danny Tamayo. There's a Notre Dame reference for you. Whew. Going back to, you know, a guy who'd been hurt, hadn't done anything all year, and he just <laughs> mows us down. They won like seven to nothing in that game, right? Yeah. And so then we have to come back and, and get the luck with Ty Martin, luck or fortune, whatever it is, uh, beating them on the walk-off. But sometimes you see guys, and it doesn't happen very often. You know, it's like Fairfield throwing a guy who's never pitched, hadn't pitched all year against Texas. It typically goes the way you think it will. But now and then, some guy, particularly a guy throwing under bat speed, you know, a soft tosser can just eat you up. So I thought it was important to win the game when you did. Sometimes guys have live arms this time of the year just because they were bad in March and April. <laughs> That's true. I mean, and, and they're they're underutilized. Think about Zach Houston in 2016. Now, we use Zach a good bit, but we didn't use him a whole lot at all until you got to late in the year, SEC tournament. Then he was a big-time arm out of the bullpen in 2016. Sometimes guys figure it out late in the year, and then some guys who figure it out early kind of fade with a win. I mean, this is a long season when you start playing this many games, and so that's that's the thought there. So, hey, you never the thought is you never know what happens if you get to that second game today. No, you absolutely don't. Now, we talked about pitching. Let's talk about some hitting. I want to talk about some guys who Tanner Allen's been good all year long. He's just been good all year long. Rowdy Jordan's been rowdy, which is to say for about five weeks, you wonder if he's really going to come back and hit again the way he always has. He did and has, did this weekend. What about? Hey, Charlie. Hey, um, I got a phone call coming in. Let's interrupt this thing. I got somebody we want to talk to. Oh boy, who you got? We never do this, but we're gonna call. We're gonna to talk to somebody, right? So here we go. Hey Ty. Hey, can you hear me? Man, I got you. Got you perfect right now. You're, okay. So Ty, we got Ty Martin on the phone. Ty Martin, of course, of Bulldog fame against Notre Dame. Twenty-one years. Ty, we're we're getting old, man. We are getting old. How are you? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. It, yeah, it's uh, sometimes it feels like it was yesterday, but then I, when I look at the calendar, I was like, man, that, that was quite some time ago for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no doubt. Hey, so you started your career at Florida, and then made yep. the move here. Your dad, long time in Major League Baseball with the Minnesota Twins. 
How did you make your way to start, well, you know, midway through your career? And what are your big memories of playing at Mississippi State? Yeah, well, blessing in the sky is being able to, back then, I know, you know transferring was a little more common nowadays, but we had some in-conference transfers back in the late 90s, and I, I was fortunate enough to play in at Mississippi State after my sophomore year. I, you know, I was at Florida, my freshman in, uh, in sophomore year, of course, and uh, had a really fun, interesting ride at Florida. Opportunities presented themselves. Some options were available to move on to a, a different roster. Actually, Mississippi State eliminated us in the College World Series in 98. And it seemed like, I don't know, within a few weeks, I was on Mississippi State team. <laughs> you know, so, but, uh, and then that was, again, it's just a awesome experience to be able to go from Florida, you know, top-ranked program to Mississippi State, another top-ranked program, a different environment. And, um, you know, to this day, I, and I, just a wonderful experience with the fans, the players, the coaches, the facilities, just a, a very unique environment. And I'll tell you, my first SEC experience was my freshman year. We were uh, Florida, we were on the road in Starkville. So that was my first SEC weekend was in Starkville, Mississippi. And, and uh, that was uh, an amazing ride. I remember I, my first at-bat was against Eric Debose. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Starkville, before I got to Starkville, was a very special place uh, for someone, you know, grew up in Florida and, uh, just an amazing experience, and then to then put on the uniform was better experience. Ty, when the brackets came out, the first thing you do, obviously, you see who is coming to Starkville, and then you look to see who does your region match up with. And obviously, uh-huh. we saw Notre Dame's name sitting there as a potential matchup. I know it went through Bart's mind. It went through my mind very quickly. Boy, remember when. Did you peek at all at those brackets and get to thinking, wow, what if we do that all over again? Yeah, no, just looking throughout the country and just looking at the pairings and the matchups. And the first thing that, as soon as I saw that, the first thing I could think of was just the amazing atmosphere. And I don't kind of bias, I would say that would be one of the most unique experiences was that weekend. Of course, Mississippi State baseball has had numerous experiences which is because it's such a special place but yeah just that uh, experience of the highs and lows of that weekend in 2000 uh, and Notre Dame was a a fantastic program real strong kind of a a rising program at the time and then Paul Maneri was was at Notre Dame at the time before he uh, moved on to LSU but yeah the the series or the the entire regional was was really special just the, the number of fans that we had and how intense the games were, the uh, but that last game, the elimination game, you know, we were in the finals and we were undefeated, and they actually beat us the game before earlier that day. But, you know, they just played unbelievable, and then we had to come back for that doubleheader. And uh, but that game from the first inning all the way to the end had this such memorable moments, and that's why you know is that the home run is what I always get asked about. You know, but to be honest with you, I, I remember the of course the home run. I remember every detail of it, but I mean, going into the first, the third, or second, third, fourth, fifth, I mean, there's big hits on both sides, big home runs that we had. You know, just an amazing environment in the dugout, on the field, in the stadium. Talking to Ty Martin, of course, hit the walk-off home run in the 2000 regional here in Startwell off of Notre Dame. And uh, Ty, looking back at that, and I think of Kevin Donovan 
coming out of the bullpen after he had pitched on Friday. He's coming back on one-day rest. We talked to Steve Stanley, the center fielder for Notre Dame, and we're going to drop that interview later this week. Oh, cool. And, yeah. and Steve Stanley went into so much great detail about a lot of things, whether it be Philip Willingham and Paul O'Toole, the catcher for Notre Dame, it just in, uh-huh. in so many times. And he talked about the ball that you hit – the walk-off home run and about how he thought he's, I thought I was going to catch it until I hit the wall. So, so it's amazing after 21 years, just the detail that people remember, what was the thought process? And you may not remember this. What was your thought process going into the, to that at bat to lead Uh off that inning? Was it, I'm just hunting the fastball, see what I can do with it. Yeah. I have a, I saw they put their closure in. And so my, my first thought was, I kind of forgot about everything that just happened, and I was just locked in trying to watch the um, closer, you know, fastball, velocity, you know, the timing. I was trying to time him up, and I was locked in. You know, he had a few more more pitches to go, and I was facing the pitcher, corner of my eye. I could see, hey, man, this time he walked up and actually came right up to me, you know, and instead of giving me a scouting report, he just kind of tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, Ty, I want you to get out of here. And, and I didn't, and all he he just said that and walked off. And I, I remember it to this day. My first response was, our feeling was a total calmness or relaxation, you know, because we were all kind of jacked up or you know almost too fired up at the time, you know, because like, oh no, you know we, we can't let this slip away. Now we gotta we gotta kick it back and come back right here. And it was just a total relaxation. And then so I remember stepping the box. I was hunting fastballs. You know, that was the first thing. So closure was the best pitch and. Fortunately, I feel it was intense for us as it was for the opponent. The two balls, I think he overthrew two fastballs. They were up and away and up and away. And uh, so I was in a good hitting situation. That was, you know, I had a lot of things going for me. You know, I set that up, and sure enough, I, you know, I was looking out over the plate. And got lucky. And I tell you, with the center fielder, I knew I hit it well, but the way Stanley was gearing up or he was charging after that ball, that the the route he took. I, I started to bust it, you know, around the bases. I took my eye off the ball. So when the ball cleared the fence, I actually didn't know what happened. All the fans were celebrating. So that, I had assumed the way the center field was tracking after it. I thought, like, it's off the wall. I got to I got to think two or three, you know, to get in scoring position. You know, I was around the base. I actually had to look for the umpire to see him, you know, throw his fingers around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, I know I'm long-winded here, but I, I would always remember his coach with me when he came out of the dugout and said, you know, get one out of here. You know, I would say I, I tell people that story. And, you know, those are the little things you can't see or can't tell from, um, you know, your family or friends or, or people watching the game. Ty, hey, appreciate you calling. When Charlie and I saw the, the pairings come out and we, we uh-huh. thought we thought of you guys, we thought of, of you and, of course, you know, Kevin Donovan, Mark Freed, John Knott, Maniscalco, and all those guys. And then we thought about yeah. the Notre Dame guys too. You know, Danny Tamayo. Danny we talked Tamayo. about him a minute ago. Yeah, oh, talk, yeah. Yeah, talked about him just a minute ago and that, that pitching performance yeah. that he had in the regional. So, hey, it should be a right. lot of fun next weekend. And, uh, hey, it's great to go down memory lane with you. Appreciate you. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. Thank you. And so that's Ty Martin. Sent Ty a text. He said, hey, I'll call you. So that was pretty cool. Just kind of worked that on in there. Where were, <laughs> where were we, Charlie? <laughs> How about that? Well, that's pretty cool. Because, there, you know, there are those moments that you just will always remember from being a Mississippi State fan. And that home run is one of them. And I remember Stanley. I was standing in center field, right center field. 
and Stanley hit the wall right in front of me and was just he thought he was going to get that ball and he I mean he plowed the wall. Oh, he sure did. Sure did. Of course, Notre Dame came back the next year to open the season. And roughed us up a little bit. Yeah. That's when we had the straight line winds and all that come through. Remember all that? Oh, yeah. It was crazy weather. And so they pushed the Friday game. We're supposed to open the season on Friday, pushed it to Saturday. That was the next year. But uh, Ty Martin, walk-off home run to win a regional. And uh, I've got a picture in my office of Ty Martin about to step on the plate, and they're holding everybody back. There's kids and everybody on the field. Home plate umpire was Tony Walsh. Tony Walsh is still umpiring a good bit right now. So It says a lot about the game, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, hey, let's jump back. We had talked about the pitching. Let's talk about our hitting going into the Notre Dame series next week. Cameron James has really added his spot at the top of the order. How about that guy? You know, a few weeks ago, he was going through a one-for-25 stretch. He goes two-for-five in the game today. Hits a big two-run home run. Tanner Allen, two-for-three today. Tanner was on base four times. I mean – Cameron James was MVP of the regional. Cameron James, your MVP of the Startwell Regional. How about that? Well, it goes back to what have we talked about. You know, here is Chris Lamonis's agents. What have we talked about? He has a really good eye for guys who are struggling – but can pull out of it. And Cameron James, look, he hit a rough patch. It happens. Turn on Major League Baseball. It happens. It happens in Little League. But that guy's got too much bat speed, too much power to leave him out of the lineup, and he showed you this weekend why you have to have him in there. Charlie, one of the things we haven't talked about is you being back. This is the first time we've done a post-game wrap, like, in the studio. And we're in the Bank First studio. Bank First, a better way to bank. They have branches throughout the state of Mississippi and into Alabama. And they're just blowing it out of the water right now. Just a great bank. Hometown feel, but a big-time bank. And Mo Griffin and the gang over in Columbus, and they're throughout the state. We talked about some of those mortgage guys the other day. If you're looking for to refinance right now, now's a great time to refinance. But also, I think of John Shapley down in Hattiesburg right now. They've just opened up a Hattiesburg office. They're blowing and going in the Madison market, in the Flowood market, the Brandon market. I mean, they're all over right now. But bank first – our studio sponsor, and we're in the Bank First Studios in downtown Startville. Charlie, let's take a look at the stats. And today's stats, of course, brought to you by Maroon and White Realty here in Startville. We talked about Maroon and White over the last couple of days. And, of course, Sterling Dahl, and we talk about Bank First, but Sterling Dahl and those guys, they know real estate in Startville. And Startville real estate market's always popping. It's always got something different going on. And so they know everything, whether it be – property management if you want to buy a few condos here in town rent them out whatever you want to do if you're looking to purchase for a a child coming to school sterling doll maroon and white realty those guys will hook you up for any real estate need that you possibly could have and so let's take a look at today's stats and we talk about rowdy jordan tanner island cameron james at the top of the order all those guys had two hits rowdy was two for five today tanner island two for three and then cameron james was two for five Logan Tanner today had a home run, solo home run. That was a big home run in the game. He goes two for five as well. So four guys with multiple hits in the game. Scotty DeBrule went one for four. Brad Cumbus had a hit as well. He goes one for four. And then you had three guys who were hitless in the game today. You had Hancock 0 for three but was on base twice with a couple of walks. Forsyth 0 for three. He walked once. And then Kellum Clark had a tough day at the plate today. Kellum, really that two-seam fastball – just running away from him. He tried. He hit that home run last time out. It looked like he was trying to pull an outside pitch. Kind of looked like a young batter today. 
Yeah, and that's what two seam fastballs would do to you. I mean, yeah. they're they're just tough when they get running away from you. Uh, you know, DeBrule goes one for four. He put a charge into one. I almost mean, he left just the yard. Missed one. Yep, almost got two. Yeah, going opposite field. Yep, going opposite field, and so pulled a ball down the right field side. That was big for him because you know the scouting report is how you just pound this guy in because he's going to try to go the other way. If you pull a ball off the glove of the first baseman, all of a sudden it may change your scout a little bit for Notre Dame into next week, and so that's a look at the Bulldogs offensively. Pitching stats today, tough start for the freshman Jackson Fristo. Goes a third of an inning, gives up three runs on that three-run home run in the first inning on just one hit, couple of walks. He threw 18 pitches, only six strikes, and so got one fly ball out in there. But Houston Harding comes in, and it's Houston that picks up the win today. Houston now 7-2 and two on the season. Uh, Hootie gave up two runs on three hits. He struck out 10 and he walked two, gave up two flyouts, three groundouts, threw 86 pitches. How about this, Charlie? Houston Harding's ERA now at 2.74. Preston Johnson comes in to finish up the sixth inning, gives up no runs, one hit. Both those runs on that uh, double were charged to Houston Harding. Preston strikes out one, and he walks one, throws 12 pitches, only five strikes. And then Landon Sims comes in to pitch the final three innings. He picks up his ninth save. No runs, two hits, and three innings of work, four strikeouts. He got three ground outs, two flyouts, and well, one of those was a line drive. And so he threw 37 pitches in the three innings, 24 strikes, and his ERA now at 1.34. So overall, pretty good stats for the Bulldogs, who scored six runs on 10 hits, played errorless baseball, left eight on the bases. When you look at Campbell, they have one player, and that was Packard, who hit the three-run home run. He was the only player with multiple hits today. He went two for three. And then the, you had five other guys who had one hit each. Neto, who ended his season batting four oh five. Great season for the shortstop for Campbell. And uh, Campbell ends up with five runs on seven hits, commit two errors in a game, and leave seven on the bases. Box Rucker, the starter, went three and a third. Gives up five runs, three earned on six hits. How big was that drop ball on that double play? Oh, boy. How? Uh-huh. Then you score on a wild pitch. Two strikeouts, three walks, box rucker. Chassis came in to pitch and finish up the fourth inning. No runs, and he walked one guy. That was it. He faced just one batter. And then Harrington, man, out of the bullpen, went five innings. One run, four hits, struck out three, walked one. And he got six flyouts, six groundouts. He kept them in the game. He threw up some zeros. Bulldogs did not score in their final four at bats. And so, anyway, Bulldogs win it six to five over Campbell. And that's a look at our stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty right here in Starkville. It'll help you out on all your. Real estate needs, Sterling Dahl and the gang, property management, that's where, they, that's where they make a lot of their, hey, property management, helping you when you've got property outside of your home here in the Starkville area. So, Charlie, look into the stats. Anything jump out at you? I think, once again, top of the order. That's where Mississippi State's been making their living, isn't it? And if you go look ahead to next week, what do you need to do a little better? Got to find a little more production in the bottom, a little more consistent production but, boy, the top of the order, we've been a broken record. That's where Mississippi State's gotten it done. The other thing that goes back, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? One of the things that doesn't always jump out 
on a stat sheet is wild pitches. You know, we look at hits, we look at runs, home runs, doubles. Four wild pitches today by Campbell, those led to runs. Those mattered. And Cumbus coming home to score on a wild pitch was a big old deal. Well, it really was. All right, I guess now it's time for our play of the game. Play of the game brought to you by Two Brothers on University Drive, Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I'm going to head over there and get some wings in a little while. That's, to be honest with you, exactly what I'm going to do when I leave here, Charlie. Um, looking back, plays of the game, I've got I've got my play of the game. What All you right, got? Now I'm going to let you go first this okay. time. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you go first the, the first two days. I thought the play of the game was Colin Wolf at the plate, bases loaded, nobody out in the third inning. And Houston Harding trying to, after a walk to Spencer Packard, loading the bases. You had two walks and a single in there in the third. And it's such a tight game at that time. And it's a one-run game. And I tweeted out, hey, one or two, you just got to limit the damage. If you give up one, you give up two, you're okay with it. And we end up putting a big old goose egg up. He strikes out three in a row. It starts out with Colin Wolf, And it was like that at bat got his confidence back. He's able to strike out Matthew Christian and Grant Harris to end the inning, but I thought that at bat of Colin Wolf with the bases loaded and nobody out in the third inning. To me, that was my play of the game. All right, so I'm going to ask for a little bit of a variation here. I knew you would. Nothing's black and white with you attorneys. I mean, it's got to be some kind of variation. If I ask you a question, you're going to ask me three questions back, but go ahead. So – I want a sequence in the game, and, and this has to do with the ninth inning. There's the leadoff double, then you get the strikeout for Campbell. Those aren't my plays of the game, but it's the next two. It's a ground out to second. It's a ground out to shortstop. And the thing that jumps out at me there, we have seen very accomplished players at this level just kick a play right there. We have seen guys kick a play when the pressure's on, when you're trying to put one away, you got the tying run at third. Would it have surprised you, and this is not a knock on Forsyth, but would it have surprised you if that ball goes in the bleachers? Let me tell you why not. Let me tell you why not. Because at this time of year, that infield, while it plays quick and it has played quick all season long, we're in the month of June. And what does that mean? You water the field before the game starts a good 30, 45 minutes before the game starts. Right now, that infield is bacon. That infield plays completely different right now than it does two months ago. And so, and you saw the bad hop. We, you never see a bad hop ground ball at this ballpark. Never. And you saw one kick over the second baseman's head on a ground ball by Tanner Allen. So that being said, it played true on those two ground balls, thank goodness. But that infield is baked, solid, hard right now. And you have a mix. So you got that. You've got moisture. Yes. You've got a big play. You've got all these things going on. I thought the thing that really I'm left with is Landon Sims because Landon Sims is a guy who we all know is a strikeout pitcher. That's what we always think about with him. But he is a guy who, even though he's had plays missed behind him this year, he has trusted his defense. He's been willing to challenge hitters and let a ball get put in play if that's what it takes. But he's got a big-time hitter right there. That ball's got a lot of chances for funny things to happen right there. And as boring as it may seem, a couple of ground outs that will look routine on the score sheet, those are tough plays on a tough playing field right now. And you had a young guy make the play. 
Yep, I can go with that. Because, hey, for a split second, it kind of crawls up in your throat a little bit. Oh, boy. What's what's going to happen? And those big plays brought to you by Two Brothers Smoked Meat. So when you come back next weekend for the Super Regionals and you're looking for a place to hang out before and after the game, they've got a great setting right there on University Drive. If, Got the patio, then they've got up top the balcony, just kind of overlooking University Drive. It's a perfect setup, and those guys are big time right now. They've added a lot to the restaurant the world of Startville, Mississippi, and two brothers bringing you our plays of the game. So, Charlie, hey, made it through a regional. VCU, Samford, and then Campbell, all three teams, offensive teams that really, really could put some runs on the board. And so sweeping through this, we apologize for nothing whatsoever about the three teams we beat here in this regional. Well, and look, we've got a team that can hit the ball coming in. Next weekend, you're going to have a team who can forevermore hit the baseball bar. So can you just feel the tradition coming in right there? I don't want to hear it. So here's the thing. Okay, you got your undergrad – here in Startville, you got your – People are screaming right now. Uh, they are. They're sitting there saying, who's who's Charlie rooting for? Okay, here's two th- <laughs> Here's two things I want you to do, okay? Yeah. Here's two things. One is, as a graduate, I need you to send an email to somebody up there and say, listen, guys, these gold helmets we're wearing are touch much. Yeah, they're atrocious. They're, they're bad. They are atrocious. And here's what I also want to say, because visiting teams in Super Regionals get 600 tickets – and tickets are going to be at high demand next weekend. So am I in line? So see if you can call up there and get a few extra tickets. See if you can call up there and get a bunch of their extra tickets. You know, I think I'm still paying them tuition so they can forget <laughs> any donations to the uh, Notre Dame Alumni Club from me. No, I've actually gotten a few tweets saying, uh, well, Charlie will be happy either way. No, nah. no, no. If you know me at all, yep. you know that uh, when they're playing USC – Man, I'm all for them. When they're playing Michigan, I can't stand Michigan. But look, this is different. This is this you know this is where I live, man. You know, Mississippi State baseball is you can't get more central to either one of us than Mississippi State baseball. I don't think. No, no. So yeah, no question about that. Hey, look forward to it. We'll have a show later in the week, and uh, we'll put a, some interviews together. Hey, it was a lot of fun last week talking to all those guys. Put those interviews together for the, the original show for the 97 Regional. It was great to hear from Chris Magruder. Had a lot of feedback from that interview. Chris Magruder and Ken Knutson for Washington. And then the guys for us, you know, Eric DeBose, Barry Patton, Rusty Times. Those guys were great as well. So, man, I enjoyed the heck out of that show. And, and hey, we've already talked to Steve Stanley, who was a center fielder for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in 2000. You just heard a minute ago Ty Martin talking about that walk-off home run. This week should be a lot of fun as State takes on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Don't know yet when it will be. When do you want it to be? I don't care. It's either going to be Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You know, some people are big on wanting to start on Friday. I would prefer that. I would prefer to start on Friday, but I'm not going to lose any sleep either way. I really don't care. I really I like to go. I ahead. just don't want to be at eleven o'clock. No, remember Clemson in two thousand seven? It was so hot. It was surface of the sun hot. Yes, yes. Just the glare of the sun was very similar to that glare of that gold helmets that Notre Dame wears. Remember Brad Chalk, center fielder for Clemson? Yeah, I do. And they got in his head so bad. <laughs> I hope. Here's. Let me say this. Let me add one thing. Okay, so. 
Mississippi State fans rightly take a lot of pride in the way that we receive visitors. You go and you've seen all the pictures on Twitter with the VCU guys and the Campbell guys making a lap around the field today. That was cool. That was really cool because these are guys, you know, their coach is talking postgame. We need something. We need a little duty noble. We need some of that. Super regional is different. Okay. We're not here to make friends this week, right? Yeah, you can make friends after it's all over. Because I go back to the point of what we talked about last week. While we're talking about the moments for us, while we're talking about Houston Harding and the moments for us, Spencer Packard, who hit the three-run home run today for Campbell, is going to remember that for the rest of his life. Well, I hope. I know. My fervent hope is that a number of Notre Dame players get to make some memories for the rest of their life in defeat. I can go with that. I can go with that. Hey, enjoyed it as always. We'll be back for Out of Left Field on Thursday night, and uh, we'll put all that together for you. So, hey, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. They still owe us for Morgan William, by the way. No, that was D. Cantner. <laughs> she. Oh, man. Should I say that? I'll, probably, I'll go away from that. Anyway, hey, appreciate you guys listening. Thanks to Bank First for Two Brothers Smoked Meats and for Maroon and White Realty allowing us to put this show together. And you guys have been listening to the post-game wrap as State wins the Startwell Regional.